Welcome to CFO Insights, the leading podcast for finance professionals in disruptive tech, brought to you by the Startup CFO Community. I'm Guy Hutchinson, and I'm the host of the podcast, as well as being a tech CFO. In this episode, we're going to talk to Ian Sutherland, CFO at Tide, the UK company building a modern business current account optimized for small business owners. We love to have a CFO on the podcast who takes the broadest possible remit to their role. During his time with Tide, Ian realized that he could align his passion for tackling climate change and set Tide on a path to achieve net zero. In our discussion with him, we build an understanding of why net zero sits neatly within the skills framework of a CFO. Ian, welcome onto the podcast. Thanks, Guy. Thanks very much for having me. No, it's all right. It's all right. Look, I've um, been really keen to get you on. Uh, you're clearly uh, in, in a really exciting role at Tide as CFO. Uh, and we did a, a live event actually in London not, not too many months ago, probably early summer, uh, talking about some really interesting things that you've been doing at Tide around the topic of net zero. Uh, and just really interested to have you on here a little bit about your background and why Tide really embraced net zero. Yeah, great. So thanks for um, the intro. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm the CFO at Tide. For those that don't know, we've uh, we're a fintech. We we support uh, SME with their financial admin. We're creating a software platform uh, which helps them save time. It helps a small business uh, do things um, more seamlessly um, in their back office. Uh, and particularly, what's interesting for me actually is that the, the, the our target SME is really a business that doesn't have someone in finance. They don't have a CFO or even anyone more junior than that to help them do their banking or accounting, things like that. So they're doing it themselves. Uh, so they're not necessarily someone who, who who's, who's, who's done a, a, a degree in accounting or, or, or a chartered accountant or anything like that. They're, they're just someone who, who needs to get on running their business, but wants data and wants to be able to do that in a seamless way. So, so Tide really what we do well is we focus on that micro SME segment. So businesses that have less than 10 employees, businesses that, you know, want to to spend more time running their business than they do doing their financial admin. And it's really solving for that problem. Uh, and that's, you know, and I've been with Tide now for six years and probably one of the reasons I've been with the company so long is I really, I believe in that mission. And, and I think that we're, we're onto something in terms of our focus in that space. So, so it's, it's really good to be here and talk to you a bit more about, um, what I've done in the in the net zero journey as well. Yeah, fantastic. And, and and before we jump on to talk about net zero, so Tide's got I think about half a million customers. Have I got that right? Yeah, actually, we just crossed ten um, percent market share in the UK, which is five hundred and fifty thousand uh, SMEs. Uh, so that's a really great milestone for us. And you know, when I joined Tide, we were less than one percent. So it's been a, a, a an exciting journey to, to to take us to there to there. But it's not; it doesn't stop here. We've also launched in India, where we have over a hundred thousand members, um, and that's growing incredibly quickly. We're very excited by that market, and um, some big things to come there too. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's all about supporting that micro SME base. Yeah, that is amazing. And and when you think about it, to be supporting that many small enterprises in this country, that that does position you to be a bit of a thought leader among SMEs and to have this sense of responsibility be, because the bank has a high profile. Yeah, exactly. And I think you know we 
over time, you know, as we've become a bigger organization and have had, have sort of taken that leadership position, you know, it has become important for us to really make sure we're doing the right thing. And, and we'll get into that a little bit more as we, we go through our, our journey on, on net zero. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So one thing that we've noticed at the startup CFO group, and actually we should say, Ian, I, you know, you were pretty much one of the founders of the group. You were at the first meetup, I think nearly 12 years ago, and you were a long-standing tech CFO at that time. So um, thank you for your support over the more than a decade. Um, but, but one of the things we notice among our CFOs is there is often this sense of wanting to do the right thing. Um, and I, I can see why people like us would be drawn towards these these types of initiatives. But it'd be great to hear about how you've embraced net zero at Tide. We we came to this topic um, two or three years ago. You know, obviously there's a climate emergency, and that's not um, something to take lightly. And when we um, when we think about it, you know, obviously with you know a huge position in the market as a SME focused fintech. You know, we, we wanted to make sure that we, you know, were conscious about, you know, how our members would see that in the future and also how our employee base sees Tide as well. So we, we really sort of, with the encouragement of the boards, started to thinking about, you know, what, what would it take for Tide to be net zero? Um, and this was t- two years ago. And so we started on that journey and I took on the sort of executive sponsorship role of that internally to try and get to the bottom of it because really we had no clue going into it you know all we knew was that that there there was something to do here we were we we wanted to do something to to support um uh our our own net zero journey but also then probably to take that to our members at some time in the future so so it started with us first and and the why was really we wanted to do the right thing you know we wanted to and make sure that you know we we represented ourselves in the right way um, to to address the climate emergency as a business, uh, and particularly as a business who has a member base of lots of young companies who who see this as a pressing thing, and 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 you know we we want to make sure that we get the space and we understand it well. Um, so we we set about figuring out you know what what were the steps we needed to take. To, to to get ourselves to net zero um two years ago and, and if you like i can then you know take us through what that actually meant in practice yeah that would be fantastic one 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 first question though if 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 i was a cfo and i'm on the first run i've got the sign off to, to do something on net zero like what what are the first inquiries that people might think about making like like what what what's the first port of call just to learn a little bit about what you could do Ultimately, I think the thing I say to everyone when I ask this question is, you've got to get the data, you know, to 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 understand your own place and what what it is going to take to be net zero. You start. You first of all, obviously, need to understand your own carbon footprint as a business, uh, and that takes some time to figure out. And and I'd say that, um, you know, we obviously didn't know. We couldn't just do. I've done that on our own. I can get into that, but but ultimately, you've got to find a way to to work out what what how how your business is translating into emissions uh, at the end of the day. Uh, and there's various ways to go about doing that, but but it comes down to to that first. 
the next step for us was then, you know, making sure that we we did that and were transparent to our board. So we calculated our missions uh, on a monthly basis. We've been reporting that to the board for some time now, uh, and we've set targets as well. So we want to calculate our, our underlying emissions base and actually set targets about how we're going to reduce that over time. And then the final thing we did um, when we realized that we wanted to become net zero uh, and actually remove our carbon um, was to, to, to purchase carbon removal credits. Uh, and, and these are something that are maybe not as well understood as they per perhaps should be. But, you know, over time, we realized that there is quite a big difference between planting trees and removing carbon in a more durable way, for example. And so, so that took some thinking, uh, if I'm honest. I, I originally came into it with a, maybe a, a naive thought that this is easy. We can just plant, you know, whatever, however many trees we need to plant to remove our carbon. Because obviously every incremental tree you plant is, is going to suck carbon out of the atmosphere. But then when it comes to being net zero, <clears throat> actually the the science and the, the kind of recommendations around specifically around SBTI guidance is that that's that's great and planting trees for example is a, is a good way to to improve the the planet's ability to remove carbon but it's not necessarily guaranteed to last long enough to to really address the climate crisis uh, and that's when it comes to durability so, so there was lots of learnings we had to go through there and and so I think that I think one of the challenges is really that's not clear to to CFOs at the outset, and and you do have to make some decisions around um, getting buy-in from your company, from your board, etc. As to what what these things mean, what the right thing to do is, because it it's easy to go out, go out today and buy offsets, but but they they tend to be a dirty word now in 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 certain more thoughtful um circles so so offsets can be seen as maybe greenwashing and and don't always do what they they say on the tin so but we we fundamentally learned over time that a removal of one ton of carbon is a removal of one ton of carbon and that that was a big sort of light bulb moment for us and it helped us really navigate this what can be a bit um a bit of a noisy space, I would say. Um, but I, I, I don't think it's straightforward if you're coming at it fresh, but I certainly think that there's more people like myself and others can do, and that's one of the reasons I'm very happy to be here on this podcast is to sort of explain to the listeners more how we went about it, and you know, maybe that will help them take their first steps into this. So, Ian, I, th I think a lot of people will be listening to how you describe the process and they'll be thinking about the various steps and they'll be thinking uh, that first stage where I've got the remit of the board to go and look at this and explore whether we can do something. This can just be part of how we run our business. That analysis as to what the data tells you about what you thought your impact is on the planet. Uh, is that something that they can do themselves without a third party helping them? Because obviously the uh, durable carbon capture you've mentioned, like that, that does need specialist teleport you, you're not going to be able to do that yourself and you're going to need a third party to do that for you but the early stages to crunch the numbers and see what you need to be delivering can can that be done in-house 
Yeah, it's a good question. It, t- it depends, I think, you know, on the business complexity um, and to what level you want to take it. There are free carbon carbon calculator tools out there. Um, there S- the SME Climate Hub, for example, um, a government website, you can find one on there. Um, I haven't gone into te- too much depth with how, how that one, one works itself, but usually those carbon calculators that are free um, require quite a lot of um, inputs from yourselves to kind of go through it. And then and in the end, you will have an estimate of your carbon footprint. It may not be the best estimate, but it will be an estimate. So you you can start by doing something like that. And I would probably encourage people if they you know, are budget limited to, to go ahead and, and, and do this because it, it will be a great starting point. Um, we, we knew that we wanted to sort of publish our data and be transparent about what we've done so we we decided to work with a third party called supercritical who specialize in in this space and they have in-house experts how to um enhance your you know calculations so so there's a couple of different things here so the the basics of doing carbon accounting is you can take your spend basically you can take your pnl and really look at the costs it's not really about taking it looking at income so i'm going into detail on accounting because i'm because of the audience on this podcast but but really you're taking your costs and what you're spending money on and you're you're calculating what is the footprint of that expenditure that's that's the sort of basics of it but then and then for each cost line you then take our uh, what the the tools will do is they'll they'll get an emissions factor from a database, which is a sort of centralized database. And they'll say, right, you know, you're, you're purchasing stationary. We'll apply this tons per pound spent on that emissions factor. And that's standardized and there's, there's a sort of centralized methodology to do that. However, it's not perfect and it's not going to get you to the most accurate answer if you, do, if you just do that. So what typically you need to do is for your larger spend items, if you're going to be a bit more accurate about your carbon footprint, is you need to enhance that spend data with usage data for example if you are spending a thousand pounds a month on electricity you know it really makes a difference who that electricity supplier is you know what their tariffs are if you're on a green energy all the rest of it so you can you can augment the spend data with other data points which help you get some more accurate result these i think these things are a bit technical and and they're and that's why we wanted to bring in Supercritical because they they do that for us uh, on a monthly basis. They also look at things like what is the work from home um, versus work in the office. So if someone's commuting versus working from home, that makes a difference to their footprint, particularly in winter months. You know, if you're having to heat your home when you're uh, uh, um, working, that's actually worse for the environment than coming into the office because obviously if you think about it coming into the office in the winter you're making use of the fact the office is probably already being heated and uh you know that that footprint's counted anyway but if you have a higher percentage of people working from home in the winter then that will have a negative effect on your carbon footprint so there's all sorts of things in this that make it complex i mean i could give you more and more examples but i'll stop there the long and short of it is we wanted to get a specialist to help us do this in a more robust way and actually we've learned a lot in doing that and that's going to really help us in the future 
Um, we then supplemented that specialism with a third party again to audit what they did and what we did so that we can then publish that data. And last year, we emitted 3,711 tonnes of carbon. Uh, and that's you know available to sort of people to see on our website what that make makeup of that is. But that was quite a lot of work, to be honest. And so so we did pay a third party to to support us in that journey. Um, but that doesn't mean everyone has to do it that way. Uh, I think that there is an opportunity for people like Tide actually to make this easier for small businesses. And so I'm hoping, you know, we'll get to that later, but I'm hoping that we will lower the barrier to entry ultimately, which can, for something that can be quite daunting at the outset. But, you know, I think it's it, it comes back to a simple thing, which is we're trying to balance the books of of the of carbon. You know, we're trying to do what as a PL, a profit and loss statement, we're trying to do that with carbon. You know, what is the carbon we're emitting and how are we removing that carbon is what it comes down to. So I'd like it to be in the end as simple as that for a small business or even a startup to 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 do. Uh, I don't think we're there yet, but I'm hoping it can on this podcast as well maybe give a bit of um insight into into the the journey yeah absolutely look it's fascinating to hear hear hear, hear all about that and uh you know to play it back it sounds like for any cfo that finds themselves right now on the first rung uh they could get to some fairly solid calculations off a free calculator and that then opens up the dialogue with a little bit more detail where the next step would be to find a specialist a provider who can help you to get more more detailed calculations that you'd probably have the confidence to publish because that's what you've done at Tide and that and that obviously um, has a big impact on the way that the rest of the world sees you and sees the kind of things that Tide are doing. Uh, and then as you go forwards, you've you've got options, you've got decisions you need to make around whether your your offset is something very easy to understand like planting some trees or harder to understand but but maybe um, more impactful which is the durable carbon capture that you spoke about um, but but going on to what this could mean for some of the customers of tide so in you've alluded to the idea that that, that tide would like to make this type of thing easier for smaller businesses yeah, exactly. Um, and so we are in the process. We had actually three pledges when we we announced we became the first fintech to durably remove 100% of our carbon um, earlier this year, uh, which we were proud to be able to do. Uh, and to do that, we took our 3,700 tons of carbon that we emitted and we purchased 3,700 tons of durable carbon credits via something called biochar. Um, which I'm happy to talk about as well. But but um, ultimately, we want to be able to enable small businesses to do similar. And they don't have to necessarily remove all of their carbon, but they, we want them to be able to first calculate their carbon footprint in a seamless way that doesn't take too much time, consistent with our mission of saving businesses time, but then also be able to think about things that they can do to reduce their emissions and remove their carbon over time. So our first pledge was to to neutralize our emissions our second pledge is to reduce our own emissions by 90 percent over by 2030 our third pledge is really to take that um framework to our members and help them on that journey too so we're working with we're actually in a process of doing a, a selection for a partner 
to actually be the back end of how we calculate carbon um, emissions for our member base. So that's that's a process we've gone through for the last couple of quarters, near the end of it. Hopefully we'll announce in the next few weeks like how, how we're going to go ahead with that. But by the end of this year, we will have a sort of first iteration of what we think that could look like for our members. The way I see it is that it will be an automated carbon accounting tool. So we already at Tide have all the spend data for most of our members. They, you know, that, that sits within the app. We allow them to categorize all of that spend into various different categories. If it's not automatically clear, we actually can auto-categorize about 50% of our transactions. But we'll have to enhance that data to prepare effectively a carbon statement for our members. Um, and that that's something that we think is very doable. There are other tools in the market, but we, we're ultimately aiming at building out something that's really best in class here. You know, there's so many things that we can do with leveraging AI and large language models to actually enhance that data to make it more robust. And so we we really see it as a huge opportunity to to build something best in class that's hopefully like a de facto uh, tool for our small business in the UK and beyond, hopefully to India as well, um, to calculate their carbon emissions and then take action from there. So that's that's our our aim, and ultimately that will you know we really want to be able to enable a million tons of carbon removal through our member base by 2030. That's the kind of stated aim there. Hopefully. Yeah, amazing goal. yeah, it's an amazing goal. And and, and um, for a CFO that's listening to this podcast and um, seeking to sort of emulate the things that Tide has achieved already and the things that Tide is doing in the future, um, they're probably pretty busy with the day job, right? Like like most of these careers, uh, whether you're in startup phase or scale-up phase, they're already pretty intense before you've taken on something like this. So why why would a CFO take this on? Like like how, how would you encourage somebody to embrace this? The you know, in in the way that uh, you've done at Tide. Yeah, I think I think for us it was. Maybe uh, given our sort of leadership position as an SME platform, uh, we probably came to the realization sooner than most because we knew that it was the right thing to do. And we had a leadership position that, that really meant that we we had to do the right thing. I think that for others thinking about it or hearing this, I can understand why it might be daunting and it's difficult to cut through a lot of the noise there is um, in thinking about net zero I think that, like, I, I'm going to repeat myself, apologies, but I think that ultimately come back to the idea we want to balance the books of carbon. And that could be done in various different ways, but, you know, it starts with action. So doing nothing is not, you know, obviously we wouldn't want to do nothing. So even if you can take a small step, it's just about getting on that journey and then having a plan. And so writing these things down you know, thinking about what are the things we can do for no cost or little time commitment. We still do that today at Tide. You know, there's I can't do everything today I would like to do, but I still prioritize things in a way that what's going to have the most impact today. Um, and so, so I'm hoping that people listening to this will will be encouraged that you can make a small step to begin with, even if that's having a conversation with your CEO and saying, look, we should be thinking about this now. Look, think about our you know, in the end, if you're any type of business, you have commercial 
relationships, whether they're suppliers or, or customers. And those suppliers and customers are probably thinking about net zero journey at the end of the day. And they sometimes, some point, I mean, even investors will be, you know, some, some more, uh, some, some of our investors have a, you know, uh, a sustainability uh, journey they're on as well. So, so there are all sorts of third parties who are going to be coming to you in the future asking, you know, what are you thinking about net zero? And so you will have to have an answer is probably the, the first thing. And so starting to think about it now is prudent, but also the right thing to do. And maybe it depends on your business, but ultimately think about what what are the quick wins and get get on a journey and just start writing things down. What is it going to take to get you to net zero? What are we going to do today to calculate our footprint and then really understand um, where we sit in the market? You know, th- those are things that are, I think, achievable in today- with today's technology. And, you know, I'd encourage anyone to... To, to, to approach it like that you know what are the, the quick wins yeah it is uh really interesting to understand those steps and to understand the kind of change you can drive i think the one question that i've got in is this this sort of commitment right to net zero and to making positive change that that, that your customers can understand and your employees could get their heads around uh do you think it's changed the style of leadership from your leadership team because you've embraced this important project fairly early on? Well, I think it's definitely changed me as a CFO. You know, I, you know, I, I got into tech businesses because honestly, you know, just being a, a cog in a financial wheel for me isn't for me. You know, I, I, I like the fast paced environment of tech businesses. I like the fact that as a CFO, you get involved in, probably a more wide-ranging remit than you would do in a in a large organization uh, and so so when this opportunity came up it was something I had an interest in you know as a father you know of three three young kids you know I want to make sure that I can say to them uh, you know that I'm doing the right thing um for for the planet as much as anything else and and so I was inspired to to sort of lean into this topic, and and I think I've been hugely rewarded by, I guess internally the um, reception from Tide employees uh, is has been very very positive, and people are very happy to see that we're we're doing this. Um, and in terms of change, my leadership, I would say that it's given me another platform to to sort of maybe let's say raise my profile but also raise the profile of something i believe in and i i didn't you know if i didn't if i wasn't doing this you know i i i think there would be a little bit of a void to fill there if, if that makes any sense i think i think this is something that it felt right for me to do and have learned and i've grown in as a as an individual through doing it because i get to speak to people like yourself on podcasts and go get invited to events and, and talk about Tide and talk about, you know, how supporting our, a very important, um, important issue. So, so yeah, I would say for me, it's been hugely rewarding in that respect and, and given me a, another sort of um, thing to, to sort of talk about, but, 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 you know, someone in the organization should be that figurehead. And I think it does naturally sit, honestly, in the finance org, 
because there's a bit about the numbers it's thinking about you know how you know what does a roadmap of this look like from in terms of how we're going to to get there over time i think it naturally lends itself to the sort of skill set of a cfo i think um other parts of organizations do it differently but, but that's just where where it ended up with at tide and I'm, I'm pleased to to be able to lean into it yeah 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 that 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 sounds right i think you know doing the kind of thing that i do where i'm speaking to a couple of hundred CFOs a year, we've got 800 and something CFOs in the group. Uh, I'm, I'm conscious that, that this type of thing, which is focused on doing the right thing, having good ethics, uh, being, being able to run a complex project that's really all about data in the end and being able to report back transparently. Um, I I feel it really does sit in the CFO's wheelhouse. And, um, it's something that a lot of people would be, um, very much, drawn towards so ian we could we could talk about this stuff all day and 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 i think one of the things i'd like to get to is um as a concluding point if we've got people that are listening to you and i talk about this and they're wanting to get down hey look you know if i've got like three points i could make in the board meeting next week that would convince our board that, that that we should get behind net zero like how would you break it down like like how how can they really easily make that argument that this is something that their business should do and that they as CFO ought to be leading this? I mean, the, the first thing is get some internal buy-in, you know, with CEO, CEO, et cetera, that there is, we need to take action here. You know, ultimately there is a climate emergency. Um, doing nothing is is not the right thing to do. So we need to do something. This is going to come sooner than or later by sitting on it, we won't be doing ourselves any favors is kind of the way I think about it. And the reason we wanted to get up and do something um, was because we knew this is coming and there's no point in putting our heads in the sand. And so, so you know, you, you take it from that approach that, that ultimately this is going to be something our um, suppliers, our customers, our investors, our employees are going to see as being something that is is is, is right for us to be doing as a business. Uh, and create that obvious, let's say, case um, for doing something, and then break it down for people and help them understand what that's going to mean over time. Um, and that could be as simple as you know standing up in an all hands meeting and um, introducing the topic and saying, "This is what we know today." Uh, trying to find some people in the organisation who are passionate about it to help you on the journey is another tactic I can encourage as well because you will undoubtedly find that there are people that maybe even know more about it than yourself so so yeah reach out to the organization and and then you know do as as I said before start with calculating your carbon footprint you know that that can be done relatively quickly and it will start you thinking um and you know then you can take it from there learn more about the industry i know there's a lot of noise but but you know engage with um folks like myself feel free if anyone's listening and they they have questions i haven't potentially answered on this this podcast please do feel free to reach out to me on linkedin um you'll find me quite easily there by searching for ian sutherland tide and yeah i'm happy to to engage on the topic uh, whenever people would like yeah, Ian, that is very, very generous of you to um, kind of reach out to people and uh, support them making their first steps on this 
on this initiative. Uh, look, it's been really, really good to have you on, Ian. Like, like one, like, thank you for being a long-standing member of the group. Uh, super, super excited to hear about Tide and how well Tide's doing both the UK and Indian market. Um, and and really, really fascinating to just just hear how your business has really embraced net zero and how 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 evident it is when you really understand all the details that that this is something that a CFO can lead. Yeah, no, great. Thank you very much for having me, um, Guy. Uh, pleasure to be here. Great to see the group grow from strength to strength. It was, you know, I was reminiscing with you recently about that first meeting where maybe we're five of us in a pub in Barrington and now they're 800. It's uh, it's great, great to see. And uh, hopefully we can um, spread the word as well about, you know, how we can, you know, improve the net zero amongst uh, 800 companies uh in the in the network so so very glad that you invited me thank you very much yep i think we're going to make that happen ian brilliant to have you on you were listening to cfo insights brought to you by startup cfo if you're a finance professional working in disruptive tech and would like to join our global network visit our website startupcfo.tech to learn more This podcast was part of our CFO Insights series of discussions. And if you want to learn more about the Startup CFO Group, follow us on LinkedIn to learn more about our community and the upcoming events. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast.